Hello and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. Once again this week we have me on another podcast, uh, but it was really timely and I think interesting, at least I hope so. Uh, so we're pushing back our next actual Tech Dirt Podcast uh, a little bit longer. Instead, today's podcast is me on This Week in Google, talking about some of the new bills that California's legislature recently passed and which Gavin Newsom seems very likely to sign in the near future. Uh, mainly we're talking about AB 2273, the Age Appropriate Design Code, which I have written a bunch about on TechTurt if you've been reading there, uh, but that bill has many, many problems, which I will discuss on this podcast uh, snippet. Uh, the host of the show is Leo Laporte, and his regular co-hosts, who you will hear talking to me as well, are Stacey Higginbotham, Jeff Jarvis, and Ant Pruitt. The full show is usually over two hours, but we are not playing all of that. Uh, we're just playing the part at the beginning where I was on, which goes on for a little over half an hour, uh, talking about these different California bills uh, and uh, where I will express my concerns with them, uh, as you'll see. Anyways, uh, please. Please enjoy, and as I said, we will be back soon with regular podcasts. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of the modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wall on us. Facing and taking on all the plates and pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinize and do their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. Our big news of the week comes from California, and to bring us that news, it's always great to welcome Mike Masnick, TechDirt.com. Mike, you have been on a tear Ooh. this <laughs> Indeed. week. Before I say that, I talk about that, though, let me say, as Stacey did before the show began, happy 25th anniversary. Thank you. Yeah, Unbelievable. We've been uh, doing tech dirt for 25 years. That's longer than Twit. That's amazing. August That's awesome. of 97. Yeah. That's I'm even, old. Even I'm before, very old. Even before tech <laughs> wow. TV, practically before there was an internet. I mean, 97. No. That's when uh, the internet was still young and wonderful. And fresh. <laughs> Were you straight out of school when you started it or what? I, I started it when I was in school. Mm. I was I was in the process of graduating, and I started it in order to try and help find a job. I didn't realize it would become my job. You made your job. Good job. <laughs> yes. Well done. Bravo. What did you major yes. in, Mike? Uh, well, that was I was I was in business school. I was getting an MBA at that point. Ah, so. okay. So that's why you probably had to get a real job. I, I I was looking for a real job, and I was trying to show enthusiasm for the technology it's, industry. It could have been so you were working at McKinsey or something. So it's good. You, it's good you yeah, started. Thank you. Saved from I, that. <laughs> yeah, you could have made a lot of money. Oh man, I know, right? <laughs> Don't remind me of that part. Yes, <laughs> I, I definitely, I definitely probably make significantly less than almost all of my classmates. Oh. So <laughs> well, it's not that's but not have, how we measure. You have more soul success. left. No. <laughs> it's not how we measure success in life. Congratulations. Tech Dirt is a must read. Uh, even if you weren't here, we would have, I, I believe I counted five stories in our rundown. Oh, I had them in there too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. the big story comes from Monday night when the California Senate passed three horrible bills. Uh, and now the only question is, will the governor make them 
law. Let's start with AB 2273, which passed 33 to nothing in the Senate. <laughs> it already gotten through the uh, House. The age-appropriate design, or the assembly, as they call it here, the age-appropriate design code. Yeah. Okay, the idea is, I think, laudable, and that's probably why it passed 33 to naught. No, it's uh, not. No, it's protect not. the children? You don't going. believe in protecting the children, <laughs> Jeff? Explain what it is before we How moral panic. Sure. Sure. So the the the, the <laughs> I would say the concept behind it is laudable. The idea that, you know, the internet in some ways there are children on there and occasionally children can wander into areas that are not safe for them. And that is a legitimate concern, right? In terms of uh, in terms of how Children and the internet interact. Uh, now, in the U.S., we have federal law that tries to deal with some of that, right? We have COPPA, the, the what is it, Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, which has some rules for sites that are directed at those under 13. Um, what California is doing is really sort of trying to completely change the way the internet works. And, you know, I, I think effectively they're sort of trying to turn it into Disneyland where uh, <laughs> everything has to be appropriate for children at all times. Uh, that's not quite what the bill says. And there's some some language in there that makes it pretend that it does not apply so broadly, but it, but it really does. If you want, I can start to go through. There, there, the, the list of problems is so long it would take up well, more me, than your entire show. Let me show <laughs> but, the... Uh, let me show the um Short version that uh, Assemblywoman Buffy Wicks published, and my my college classmate Roger McNamee endorsed. Ugh. He said the big platforms are using disinformation oh, to try see, to stop yeah. it. Uh, the California Age Appropriate Design Code: How it works. Companies must stop selling kids' personal information. Okay, that's fair. Coppa does say that as well, right? Mm -hmm. uh, set all default settings to the most private. That sounds all right, except it's not just sites meant to be for 18 year under 18s. By the way, kids is under 18, not under 13, as in COPPA. Mm -hmm. uh, it means all sites that an 18-year-old might visit, including mine. <laughs> Which is everything. Including our IRC, including our forums, including techdirt.com. Uh, design kids' experience based on their estimated age. Well, wait a minute. Estimated age. There's already estimated. something interesting. <laughs> uh, we're supposed we're supposed to estimate how old the person is visiting our site. Yes, with, with near certainty. There there are some requirements that the you have to estimate the age of people who are visiting your site, and and it has to be fairly accurate under the law. Which <laughs> the the only way you can do that is with age verification. I can ask them, but then they might lie, <laughs> as as yes. they do, as one does. As one does I mean, on the we, internet. We, right. Well, we already have with COPPA, right? I mean, so there are lots of sites that say you can't access it under 13. And that's specifically because of because of the rules of COPPA, which is for sites targeting those under the age of 13. And the way we've dealt with that is that, you know, basically every site says no one under 13 is supposed to use this site. And then what happens is every kid lies and every parent teaches their kid to lie. And you yep. put in a date that, that makes them over 13. And I don't know that it's necessarily a good idea that we're teaching. Well, maybe it depends on how you look at it. It might be a good idea that we're teaching kids to lie about who they are on the internet. Um, um, that's but, one of those you know, perverse consequences many laws <laughs> kind of have. But but would it be enough for me just to put up a sign everywhere uh, we are saying you must be 18? I hate to do this because we have a lot of smart high school kids who listen to our stuff. You must be 18 to, to visit so, this site? 
that that will not work under this law because the law is not for 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 sites that are targeted at people under the age of 18 it's likely to be accessed by someone under the age of 18 and again like so there there's multiple problems there though. immediately <laughs> yeah right. well so am i right so it's just judgment <laughs> calls is what you're saying right it's just judgment well, calls it, it's not even ju- judgment calls it's it's if if you if you make a mistake on that, then then you're in trouble, right? So, you know, likely to be accessed by, you know, if you think high school students might might access your website, then suddenly you have to be concerned and you probably have to do something to try and get in compliance with this law. Now, and so, you've said, well, this means that we're yeah. going to have to do face recognition to determine whether so, you're 18. That's and that's not what I said. That's, one, that's, one <laughs> that's not what I said. Who but, said that? But that is that is what what this, this group, the uh, Age Verification Association, I, I forget, Providers Association, told me. Right. So you know, I started to look into it because because the because of the requirement that you have to you know accurately estimate the age of people on your site. You know, the only way to do that is with different age verification tools. Now, there is a company that has a near monopoly on the age verification tools, and that is MindGeek, which is the parent company of Pornhub. So they're very good at this, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) So, so one solution here is that every website is going to have to give data, including like you know login data or facial recognition data, to the company behind Pornhub. I don't quite see how that helps the <laughs> privacy of children That's a, just across rich. California. Oh, now, wow. There, so, so this group, this uh, age verification trade association, reached out to me to say, "Oh, no, no, no! Don't worry about that. We have a better solution than the Pornhub solution." Oh, thank God! Um, it it just involves <laughs> when, when you visit a website, we will need to scan your face. And use our special AI to determine whether you are 17 or 18 years old. And, you know, and then we'll decide whether or not you can visit these websites. So every website in, in according to this, like th- these people who are providing the tools and who are supporting this law, all, all every website has to do is install the, these companies' uh, systems to scan faces, use AI, which, of course, never makes mistakes and can't be tricked. Uh, mm. and, and it'll be fine. So people point out like, well, you know, there, there are going to be ways around that. Everyone's going to be holding up, you know, that picture of Jeff Jarvis that you have on the desk. For hey, hey, reason. I'm baby faced. <laughs> hey, under under eighteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so they said, don't don't worry about that. We have a solution to that. If it's if if they're unsure, they may have to do a liveness test in which they will make you record a video in which you have to say phrases that they will present to you to prove that you're a live human being there. And it's like it's like a hostage video just to visit websites in California. Or you could do what they propose in the so, UK and just go to a local pub and say, Here's my driver's license. I'm under eighteen. Am I okay? It's overrated. Oh, either way, we got to know. I don't care what age you are. I need to know your exact age. So everybody must go to the the bar. Yeah, everybody must go to the pub. Wait. So the goal of this is, I guess I I, I'm a little unclear on. (laughs) I I know they're trying to to do this to protect the children. I I, I get it. Okay, I get protect the children. But like, is it to protect them from going to sites with objectionable stuff? Is it for us not to collect their data? Like. 
I it's, now I know the age of the person on my site. What is that? Right. So, so yeah, that's, that's a good question. And it's amazing how much stuff you have to get to before you even get to kind of the meat of the law, which is equally problematic. So basically, if your site is likely to be accessed by anyone under the age of 18, which is, you know, again, almost every site, then there are a bunch of requirements that you have. And the biggest one, and the the most, it's, it's kind of ridiculous is that every feature for, for every feature on your website, you have to uh, create a Gosh, I'm suddenly blanking on D-P- what DPIA, yeah. a data protection impact assessment, I think is yeah. something like it's that. It's like the environmental impact report. Right. For every single feature. Uh, and, and how you it have would to affect s- kids. Right. And and there's a whole bunch of categories that of things that it must include in terms of, you know, the likelihood that a child will see harmful content on your website is is one of those things. So, you know. And this raises questions, too, because harmful content, lots of harmful content is clearly protected under the First Amendment. You know, there is perhaps strong language on some websites, perhaps mine. Uh, is that harmful? Harmful is not defined in the bill. So we don't exactly know. Just but like you the have UK. To, Just like yeah. the UK. Well, in fact, Zach it is a UK baroness that is that wrote this bill and it is used almost entirely whole cloth. From her. Baroness is a nice touch, Mike, by the way. A very nice touch. <laughs> she, she directed one, uh, one of uh, Bridget, Bridget Jones' uh, Diaries movie, and then she says gave up her career in Hollywood to protect the children. Yeah, she she made a she made a documentary about kids, you know, on their phones, and decided that you know that documentary taught her about how evil uh, the you know internet and phones were, and so she's sort of dedicated her life now to destroying the to internet. making a cheesy public service <laughs> announcements like this. Play my sound. Oh, I turned it off. Hold on. Cases, and we're tired of it. We wait a minute, wait a minute. What are we tired of? Wait a minute, go back. I got to hear what you're tired of. Well, a lot of we people have in my generation have felt the negative consequences of being in unregulated online space. You mean like my chat room? We're tired of it. We yeah. want protection? All right. So start designing for us. Design it for teens. No. So, wait a minute. No. Des- it's time for the internet to be designed with kids, teens, and young people in mind. Design it for teens. By the way, that means my privacy policy has to be written for teens. Yes. That means <laughs> I have to do a DPIA on every feature to yes. see, uh, conduct a risk assessment uh, of how it uses kids' data. Make it easy for kids to report privacy concerns. Let kids know when they're being monitored or tracked. Provide all privacy notices and clear notice, clear language that young users can understand. How young, by the way? How young is that? Actually, that would be okay. But because wait a minute. I think it, it, everybody so would five appreciate year olds? What? Yeah. How the, old? the, 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 okay. The how old is based on that you, you, because you're now tracking everyone's age and you will have a sense of what, <laughs> what age groups are visiting your site, you have to direct it towards the youngest of that crew. So as you determine that information, then you have to sort of rewrite your policies. And, and Stacey's right, right? There are ideas in there that are, are good ideas in general that websites should do. The question is how do you, you know, enforcing that legally – is is creating a, a real you know a, a, a real difficulty uh, under this law and and there's a whole bunch of sort of you know liability problems with the way it's structured. I think there there are a lot of things that websites could do to to be better about the fact that sometimes children access their websites, but this is really designed to effectively you know 
wipe out any website that that couldn't be visited by a child, right? It's it's really designed to sort of make the entire web so that it's appropriate for children. And that, you know, takes away a lot of what is kind of great about the internet. So when you uh, complained about this, they said, well, don't worry because the California Attorney General decides when to enforce this. So they're not going to do it for you. I I would hope not, you know, but even that is is just kind of a weird risk, right? Because yeah, it's like ridiculous. I I I criticize the California Attorney General on lots of things. If I keep doing that, does suddenly he become interested in 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 researching this? And the way the law works is not only you have so you have to create these DPIAs for every feature. So we have search. So I have to, you know, hire a privacy lawyer to do an impact assessment of the search on TechDirt. Uh, comments, sharing, all, all the different features that we have. Every single one has to have a, a DPIA written. And because there's legal liability associated with it, you really have to hire a lawyer to do this. Then you have to store them. And at any point, the Attorney General of California can demand that you produce them and you have uh, three business days it was it was shorter than that but they you know they were nice oh, and they I made it something about 48 hours no it, it was originally 48 hours and now it's three business days so you get a little bit of extra space uh and you to have to produce to another state yeah, yeah. You have to produce all of those DPIAs to, to the attorney general. And with the DPIAs, if you determine in any of those DPIAs that a child might come across harmful content or there are a few other categories of things, you have to come up with a, I think they say, timed plan to mitigate this before a child may access it. And so, you know, if Jesus. I, you know, hire a lawyer to go through the website and say, well, you know, if somebody does a search, if we're doing a, a control on a, a DPIA on, on our search function, uh, and they may come across uh, swear words. Is that harmful? Well, it depends on the age. I would think it might be harmful for some, some children. They, of course, uh, don't define harm. They don't no, harm, harm is not defined so in the bill. <laughs> so it's, there's it's like all fair, sorts of fair use. Uh, Larry Lessig says it's the right to hire an attorney. This is about yeah. another this, per, this is, uh, right to hire an attorney. This is not even a right to hire. This is a, a requirement, requirement to hire an attorney to, yeah. because you, you have to and, go, go through all these things and you have to have them ready because at any moment, the attorney general could demand them and you have 72 hours to produce them for everything on your site, including the plan on how you will uh, minimize or, or get rid of that potential harm. Uh, and so, you know, that's that's an impossible thing to comply with for most sites. I mean, I'm sure like, you know, the biggest sites in the world, I'm sure Google and Facebook and whatever will have plans to deal with this. But for everyone else, what are they going to do? So this Can says a company... That Oh, hold on just hold a on. second. Can this a company... Says, okay, go ahead. Okay, you go. <laughs> well, I just want to clarify. This says for companies with 25 or million more in annual gross revenue so, or so buy or sell personal information of 100,000 or more users or derive 50% of annual revenue for selling or sharing consumers' personal information. I think that lets me off the hook. It lets you off the hook, doesn't it? Not quite. So I thought so too. And lots of people point this out because it's, because the law, <laughs> yeah, the, the law get, is included in the CPRA, which is the California privacy regulation, whatever thing, uh, the, the California privacy law that, that came about a few years ago. Um, so it becomes a part of that. So it only applies to companies that are applied there now. So most of that seems to exclude you. The thing is, you only have to qualify for one of those things, not all three of those things that you listed. The 25 million excludes lots of people. But that second one says if you, ha if you uh, buy, sell, or share 
information on 100,000 users. Again, I would think that should exclude you and I, because in theory, I don't buy, sell, or share, except when you start to look at the definition of buy, sell, and share, which basically appears to include any sort of uh, third-party service that you have on so your website. So if I have so advertising... If you have advertising on analytics. your website, you and more than 100,000 annual users... We do. Whoa. Then you buy, sell, or share uh, information on over 100,000 people, and therefore you qualify under the law. So both have you fun. and I, congratulations, <laughs> qualify under the law. Yes. All right, yes. Stacy, your turn. Sorry, I just wanted to... Because <laughs> no, no, people no, might I'm look just... at that and say, oh, well, that's only for big companies. Can you bracket off your site if you're doing the age verification? Can you just say no 18-year-olds and then they have to lie to get on? Because I, I could also see this kind of Well, that's what people do with COPPA, but it doesn't work this way. Right. Right. So, nope. so well, I know it doesn't work, but. With, 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 with COPPA, you could, in theory, get away with that. With this, because it's likely to be accessed by, you putting a disclaimer is not enough. If they are still likely to visit your site, then you could be in trouble. It affects you too, probably, Stacey. You have more than 100,000 visitors all year, right? Oh, yeah. And you sell advertising, yes? I do, but I don't sell any is, information on my... I don't either, but apparently that doesn't okay. matter. The, the, well, the so, definition so of sell is much more broad than the word sell implies. She's not in California. And if she doesn't visit the state of California and get locked up as soon as she <laughs> well, crosses the state line, have, but she, what is her liability? She has users in California, right? I, I know that, but I'm, I'm asking, how, how do they come after mm -hmm. her? That, I, I, don't, I don't know how it will directly apply to companies outside of California, uh, but I, if, I don't know. I mean, that, that you would have to hire a privacy lawyer to, to, to figure it all out. So that out. might but, be an out then. It might only affect California companies, which is you and me. Well, we are California companies or, in theory, companies that, that have users in California. Yeah. So, in theory, Stacey, if you want to block away and block yeah. out all of your California users, and then we get back to the whole issue of sort of a much more fragmented internet, um, you know, oh, there, there are already companies that don't allow uh, people in the EU to visit it because they don't want to deal with the mm -hmm. GDPR. But now imagine mm -hmm. that you, ha you have this in California. And that's not even getting into, like... One, you know, assuming that this goes through, and assuming that it, that nobody challenges it, or that if it is challenged, somehow it's found to be constitutional. Now you have a blueprint for every other state to pass their laws, and some of those laws might be contradictory. And in fact, like right now, there are state privacy laws. Like Illinois is a big one; they have a state privacy mm -hmm. law that I think the age verification requirements of the California law probably violate. It. They violate yeah, Illinois' privacy regulation, so. I don't know, you know, do we just start blocking states one by one? You know, I, I don't know. So this well, is I mean, already also get activists, attorneys general. Okay so like yeah. in Texas, yes. harmful content yes. could be, you know, abortion any LGBTQIA plus or, yeah, or, or abortion or, or information. Gay information. So exactly. Uh, right. So so they can they can pass laws. So other states will likely pass laws using nearly identical language, but because it's all within the determination of the attorney general, yes, you're right. So Texas could pass this exact law and determine that all sorts of content is harmful and go after websites for it. How close Which is include this? liberal content there, literally. 
Yes. How close is this to the law that Bieben, Baroness Bieben Kidron got passed in the UK? Because they have this law too, right? So so the, the UK uh, design code, which sounds the same and has basically the same name, is not the same. Oh, um, right. And there are no. some, some key differences. The first thing is that it's not really a regulation by itself. It is basically instructions to the regulators of the UK data data protection. It's not Ofcom. It's uh, the, the ICO. The, oh, okay. um, because it's, the it's legal but like, harmful stuff is going to be Ofcom, right? Th this, th yes, but that's separate. Okay. Well, let me get to okay. that in a second because right. that's sorry, important sorry, too. Sorry, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jumped ahead. Uh, so so the, the UK, uh, you know, when they were still part of the EU, uh, they put in place laws to match the GDPR. So they have their own sort of version of the GDPR. Now that they've, you know, cleaved themselves away from the EU, uh, they still have their own data protection uh, regime. The uh, design code rules are basically an instruction for the regulators of the data protection on how to uh, how to apply it. And and what's interesting is that uh, the Baroness, her organization has submitted, I think there was something like 250 complaints about websites in the UK that they say are not complying with the design code. So far, uh, as of like a week and a half ago, which was the last that there was a report on this, the regulator has gone after zero of those companies. Um, however, so th there's been no enforcement, which is, again, it's entirely up to the regulator, there, the, the data protection regulator in the UK. Um, however, every time that any website makes any change these days to, you know, uh, have better privacy rules or, or better functions for teenagers and children, her organization takes credit for it and claims they're only doing it because of the, the right. uh, design. Just like code. your classmate, just like the parents, teacher council, just like all these uh, uh, moral entrepreneurs, as they're called, who yes. make a living out of doing this. The irony is- I mean, by the way, you know, Mike, Mike, we, 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 this, is, this is enough to make me want to go just drink hemlock and, 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 and go off the edge <laughs> of the earth. This is only the first of three bad laws Mike talked about. I know. We only <laughs> have half an hour. That's with what Mike, I was saying. So this is just the first one. And this is the worst one, I'll say. But, but the, you know, so the, the thing that I'll add is, is Jeff, that you brought up the, the, uh, the online safety bill, which is the other bill that is now making its way through the UK. And the same person, uh, Bibin Kidron, who, who, you know, basically helped write the the design code in both the UK and in California has now said that that is her focus is getting that law passed. And that will create a whole oh. bunch of other ridiculous problems. And, you know, and, and it appears that her goal is to export it. And in fact, I would argue that the, the California version of the design code is actually much closer to the online safety bill in the UK yes. than it is to the actual uh, uh, design code the age-appropriate design code in the UK because there's actually an enforcement mechanism in the California one. It's not just up to the regulator to decide, but here it actually goes to the attorney general and they have the ability to fine companies for a, a variety of different failures under under this bill. So this bill uh, still has to be, hold on, let me, I got to move it along. Sure. Sorry. Sure. This bill has, <laughs> uh, has to still be signed by Governor Newsom. Seems likely he will since he's running for president, apparently, and he doesn't want anybody to say you're not in favor of kids. Yeah. Um, it doesn't go into effect till next year. What do you It's actually a, a year and a half. It doesn't go into half. effect until 2024, 2024, summer of 2024. Are, uh, I'm a, I plan stage. to just ignore it, and if they go after me, go out of business. What are you, what are you thinking, Mike? 
I, I think that's what most companies are going to do, right? I mean, there, there's there's no way to comply. And, and even if you tried to comply, it would be so ridiculously expensive that I think most companies that are sort of, you know, small companies and mid-sized companies that qualify under the law will simply ignore it and hope that the attorney general never decides to go after them because that's that's the only way you can deal with it realistically. And, and that seems like a bad situation because you know what what good is a law if most of the people it applies to are going to ignore it but that's that's what california wants to do right now uh <sighs> the next bill <laughs> ab 587 but wait there's more also, uh, this one already. we can do a little faster because uh, we already know about this bill because it's effectively the same as the ones texas and florida passed and which were uh overturned not overturned but prevented blocked by the courts because it's a, a violation of the First Amendment. It's a, uh, tell me what AB 587 does. So 587, again, just like, like 2273, which, you know, it's presented in this sort of noble fashion that sounds good. 587 is, is technically about transparency. Uh, and the idea here is that it requires companies, you know, social media companies to be transparent about their policies, have them published where people can read them, and they have to file them with the government, and they have to sort of live up to the uh, to what is in their their content moderation policies and and that and seems fair. That's mild. Yeah. That's mild. It it seems fair, and in right. theory, like there's some stuff that is good but. about it. Right? But but the reality is again, like I, I keep trying to explain this, like transparency itself is a good thing, right? And I'm super supportive, yep. and I want more companies to be more transparent, and I often push companies to be more transparent. Mandated transparency begins to lead into a whole bunch of problems, and so. You know, again, like we're, we're, I don't have that much time to go through all of the. Problems. I can do it in one sentence. It's a roadmap for companies to game moderation. Yes, Be because you are filing these things, and you have to live up to them, and you can only change them every so often. It, you know, people who don't run websites where they have to deal with the public or with you know people posting stuff on their websites do not realize how many bad actors there are with malicious intent who just want to mess with you um, stay way ahead of you and 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 it might just be as simple as spammers right that's the sort of most obvious one you have people who are more malicious in other ways but spammers right spammers want to take advantage of your system to promote whatever it is that they're promoting and they are looking for any edge that they can have now under this law you are basically telling them here's exactly the rules for how to spam us and we will not be able to stop it because to make a change we sort of have to notify everyone that we're making a change and there's a period of time under which you know we can't make that change therefore like you have free Freedom to spam our site, and we cannot take it down for for this long. Passed thirty one to three, waiting a sign uh, to be signed. The cousin the to the show us your algorithm, Google. Yeah. Uh, yes. Finally. Finally. <laughs> and we'll. <laughs> this one's a little uh, smaller. We can get through this one a little quicker. AB twenty eight seventy nine. Who isn't against cyberbullying? <laughs> Right. Again, it's it's another one of these. It's framed. It's, you know, cyberbullying. It's a bad thing, right? Uh, we should try and stop cyberbullying. But again, there are problems with this and that it basically is blaming the companies if anyone on their platform 
cyber bully someone else, right? Now we want, we do want companies to try and stop that. If companies are aware of people using their platforms to cyber bully someone else, it's a good thing for them to try and do something about that, to prevent that, to, to prevent those kinds of things. But this bill like effectively pins the blame on the company that, you know, if cyberbullying happens on their platform, that they are going to, to have liability for that. And so, you know, the end result of that, sorry, go ahead. with this one, it, two thirty come into play anywhere? That's what I was just going to ask. In theory, you. right? In theory, two thirty should preempt this bill. I mean, in theory, two thirty might preempt some of the other bills too. It's a little trickier with that, but with this one, it seems fairly clear that two thirty should preempt it. But again, so far, we've seen with Florida and with Texas and with a number of other states that are preparing similar bills, they are kind of banking on the fact that the courts are suddenly like a little bit afraid to to rely on Section two thirty and are looking to cut back Section two thirty. So, to some extent, I think. This is an attempt to have this law in place in case Section 230 disappears, and they can sort of jump right in and and you know and and well, it's be like ready a to law. liability. It's it's effective. I mean, I don't think anyone supporting it would say that directly, but that seems to be the way that this is playing out. As soon as 230 is oh. gone, everybody's liable. In other words, yeah. Can I ask a quick question? Yeah, uh, I know you're trying to, but, but um, <laughs> so you've talked about companies your size and the impossibility of this. What about the big companies? What about Twitter and Facebook and Google? How do these laws? If you're there and and you have any kind of effort to comply, what does that look like? I, I, I think I think it will be ridiculously difficult. I think that they're they're just going to be in trouble, and and I don't I don't know. You know, and and the, you know these companies have really not taken any stand on these bills at all. I think no. You know, for for the obvious reason that they don't they don't want the headline. You know, you know exactly what would happen if they had yeah, spoken know, out against any of these bills is that the New York Times and the Washington Post would have huge giant headlines about you know Google is trying to you know, allow cyberbullying oh, or whatever yeah. whatever it would be. Uh, you know, and so there's there's been effectively no pushback on on any of these bills, um, which is because why we must defend be- the internet. That's why you know. That's- that's, this is why, yeah. folks, I get panicky about moral panic is because we've got to defend the freedoms that are there from this kind of stupidity, stupidity. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I mean, what 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 happens realistically, again, there's sort of like what 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 has to happen under the law and what happens realistically is my guess is that, you know, Basically, these companies work with the attorney general and, you know, try and sort of come to some sort of agreement on we're doing this, this and this, you know, like don't go after us. Now, I I don't remember exactly where... some of these bills turned out because there were there were late amendments on on some of them in terms of where the enforcement was and who could enforce it. So some of these bills originally had a private right of action. There was another bill that actually didn't get this far, which was good, which was the the uh, online addiction bill, which it said like oh. uh, com- well, companies so should be liable. That one did not go through. That one got dropped. Oh. Um, and so that one was you know if if a website or you know uh, internet service addicts, you know, addicts a child, then uh, originally parents could sue. So all a parent would have to do and say is say, my kid is addicted to Instagram, I'm suing. Um, that was a problem. <laughs> they they took away the, the, the private right of action for the parents to sue, but then they left it up to any local official so that it was, um, you know, it could be the attorney general, but it could also be like a local prosecutor who might be, you know, aiming for higher office. And what better thing to do than to get a headline yep. where you're taking on the big, bad internet companies? Um, 
I think that that may have gotten limited more and more on some of the other bills. Um, I don't remember because we had like all of these bills happening at once and there were a few last minute changes. So I don't know exactly what all of the last minute amendments were on, on all of them. Um, so it might not be that anyone can. I think all of the private rights of action were removed. Um, but there is a question of like which which, uh, you know, law enforcement prosecutors can can make use of these laws and. I'm not sure where that came out in the end. It, uh, it, I'm oh. just looking at the final text uh, of the uh, uh, 2022-73, the age-appropriate design code, and it looks that, like that one's just the attorney. It's general, just the AG, yeah. yeah. And it, it says there uh, it would create a California Children's Data Protection Working Group. Yes. To determine best practices for implementations. So the 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 nicest interpretation of this is it uh, it allows the legislature legislature to create a committee and, yes. <laughs> and, the and, and great like that that part like nice sure i mean it would be great if there were some best practices but but the fear is with best practices of course is that like if any if any new company comes along and wants to do something different maybe they have a better way but it's not considered one of the best practices then you're playing with fire right, right. you know then right. then you're 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 basically just asking for the attorney general to come after you and so Best practices mm-hmm. could be good in that there's you could learn something interesting, you could get sites to do stuff, but it, but it takes away the ability for experimentation, and maybe there are better ways to do things. And again, you know, a lot of the problems that people are discussing and the challenges and the risks are things that are highly dynamic. They're changing. The bad actors are constantly adjusting. And as a website, you have to be able to adjust as well. And a lot of these don't really allow for that kind of adjustment. They assume there's this kind of static world, and there's like things that are good for kids, things that are bad for kids and you have to only do the things that are good and as you say this uh, on at uh, techdirt.com the bills are fundamentally flawed written by people who do not understand how the internet works at all i recommend people go to techdirt.com read uh, mike's very scathing article uh there are <laughs> lots of fact-filled fact-filled and lots of links uh if you want to know more Mike has a lot to do. He's a busy guy because, well, the fight has just begun. He's uh, 25 years you've been doing this. Are you getting tired? <laughs> uh, I'm a little tired this week. <laughs> but 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 in general, uh, I still enjoy very much what I'm doing. I, I wish that I were not the only one raising the alarm about these particular bills. Amen, but, brother. Uh, but, it's you an know, important time to, let's plug also, it's an important time to join Tech Dirt. Yeah, sign up. Uh, what do you call it? Join or subscribe or sign up? Whatever. What's yeah, the we, we, ha- Patreon, we have a we, well. We have a Patreon. If people like to use Patreon, we also have a thing called the the Insider Program. Um, Patreon and the Insider Program are both sort of similar ways of of subscribing and supporting us. And that includes, by the way, we're we're going to announce the details very soon. We're having a, an online get together next week oh, to good. celebrate the twenty fifth anniversary, and that is Ooh. open for people who subscribe. That's great. So we'll be sending out more details on that. See very you there. Soon. TechDirt.com. Yes. Become a friend of TechDirt. Support them on Patreon. Tech Buy their, is our friend. their card game, <laughs> the Collect It All card game. Buy their T-shirts. Use their VPN. <laughs> Do everything you can because Mike is doing God's work. Someone will get.